Are, are there any recent changes or trends in family law or divorce law that people should be aware of? A lot of people are not necessarily getting married. A lot of people are getting into what we call long-term relationships, um, which kind of mimics um, a it mimics a marriage because they're they're buying houses together, they're starting businesses together, they're having children together, but they are not getting married. If you're going to be moving in with somebody, it's always my recommendation to get a cohabitation agreement. So it's understood that this is not a marriage. You are not my wife. We just cohabitate together. Um, so they're oh, doing oh. that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, please break this down because this, I think people really need to know this. So you said a cohabitation. That is correct. It's a cohabitation agreement. So basically what you do, you people need to understand that it is okay to walk away from a situation that no longer. She is a leading family law attorney in the state of Texas, Texas stand up. She is known for her compassionate and effective representation of clients in divorce, child custody, and other family law matters. She has coined herself as legal tech expert due to her keen interest in legal tech use, uh, used to increase productivity. She's been seen on women's health, pop sugar, cosmopolitan, BT, glamour, Today, Time Magazine, I can keep the list going and going. Brave Hearts Community, let's show some love to Brenda Duran. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you once again for taking some time out of your busy schedule to be a guest. So, Of course. I'm honored to be here. For sure. Let's jump into today's segment. Who inspired you to become the woman that you are today? <laughs> That's a great question, Boo. Um, but back to your question, what inspired me or who inspired me to be the woman that I am? I have to give that to my grandmother, my namesake. I am named after my grandmother, Brenda Howard. Um, she is a hardworking woman. She has always found a way to make a way. And she taught me from a very beginning my my work ethic as well as the ability to hustle. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing grandparents are important <laughs> yes they are <laughs> uh what should someone look for when they are selecting a divorce attorney to represent them that's a very good question so it is so important that when you're looking for a divorce attorney um, that you interview the attorney just as much as they are interviewing you. So most law firms will have what we call a consultation. Um, some have free consultations, some have paid consultations. But during that consultation, it's kind of like speed dating where you're trying to get to know um, your attorney and your attorney is trying to get to know you and your legal issues. So one compatibility during that consultation, you want to make sure that your attorney is speaking your language, making sure that they're breaking down legal concepts in a way that you understand. Because the last thing that you want is to be able to have to make life altering decisions and not understand the legal consequences or the legalese um, behind it. So one, just make sure you have compatibility. Um, two, every state bar has a state bar website so that you can see if your attorney has been sanctioned, meaning if they've done something wrong, they've violated ethic rules, or they've, you know, not done something right in, an, in a client's case. Always search the state bar website to make sure your attorney is in good standing, they actually have their license, and that they've not been sanctioned. 
Mm -hmm. uh, number three, also search uh, Google. Do a good Google search. Uh, it's not always the best, but it is important that you go through those and read those. Uh, my rule of thumb is if somebody has five stars, I don't want them because it's a lie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anybody that has a low four or a high four, that's reasonable because we expect attorneys to make mistakes. We are people just like everybody else. And, you know, this is a service based industry. And so therefore you can't please everybody. But if I see someone with a five star rating, either I, I just have my red flag up and then uh, four just make sure, I don't know if that's four or five, just make sure that they are in fact a family law and divorce attorney. So many times I see people just hiring any attorney for their case. Maybe they represented you for a car injury case, a personal injury case, and you have a relationship with them. Um, but I always say you would never ask a brain surgeon to do open heart surgery on you. That's the same thing with uh attorneys. We have attorneys for basically everything that you can think of. And there's a niche for everything. Uh, family laws change quite frequently. And you want somebody who knows family law, focuses on family law, and can, and, and can represent your best interests. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I love it because um, a lot of people, like you said, they go on Google and they look in and, you know, so maybe they can listen to this podcast and actually hear what you have to say before they make that decision for sure can you share any success stories or examples or or ch of challenging divorces that have that you've handled and you have uh helped with the outcome like are there any anything that's possibly you could share with us like maybe you had a challenging one you was like oh i don't know <laughs> but you you know you you came through on the clutch Right. Uh, so all of my cases are confidential. However, I can speak in 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 overall terms. Yeah. Every case that I touch is different. Every case has unique challenges and, and, and special issues as it relates to that case. But one thing is always true. We always want to show sympathy and empathy to the people that we're serving. When someone calls my office, they are not calling because they're excited, they're happy, they want to be just in my presence. They are very much frustrated, sad, depressed, probably in one of the lowest moments of their lives. So one of the cases that I can share is actually the first case that I ever uh, took on. It was a custody case. So I'm a family and divorce attorney, meaning I also handle uh, cases that only deal with custody issues. And my very first case that I took on, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, there was Munchausen by proxy. So if you ever seen Gypsy Rose, where the, the movie where the mother made up all of these elements for this child, she had her shaving her hair and in a wheelchair and nothing was actually wrong with this child. This was my first case and we were in a very small town. And so I'm, you know, when you are a Houston attorney and you go into a small town, they hate you because they already think that you just are snobby, like you're going to be mean and bossy. Um, and so when I went into that small town, they were very rude to me. They did not really listen to me a lot. Um, in fact, for the first uh, couple of months of that case, my client's visitation was denied because they thought that he was doing things that were detrimental to the child based on these fake ailments that this child had. 
Uh, we got an amicus attorney in, we got an independent uh, pediatric doctor in, and we realized very quickly that this child had no ailments whatsoever. She was not, she didn't need to take medication for anything. Um, and so uh, to wrap that up, mm -hmm. we had final trial and final trial, there was a huge storm coming in, right? Mm -hmm. And so the judge asked us to have our hearing via Zoom. So one thing about me is I always over-prepare. So I had my staff prepare physical exhibits as well as electronic exhibits. And we sat there the night before and we went through all of our exhibits just to make sure everybody knew where everything was and what you know specific thing we was going to point to. So we had both these electronic and physical uh, yeah. exhibits. Mm. Uh, this was before 2020. 2020 now, a lot of attorneys know how to practice virtually, right? This thing before 2020. So this is like a early 20, I think it was like a 2018 case. And so opposing counsel was so unprepared. Like he did not have electronic exhibits. The judge gave him like two hours to get it together. He couldn't get it together. And so needless to say, custody was switched over. My client, a male client, and, and that's a big thing because men do not win custody often. Um, we were able to flip custody and the judge gave, you know, us a really good um just just a really good message about how we were so prepared and how she was thoroughly impressed with our case. This was my first case. And this like Munchausen Pro Proxy, that's like very rare to to have a case like that and it to be a real thing. So that's that's one of the cases that will always, always stick out to me. My very first custody case. That's that's a lot. I will yeah. I, I will. know. <laughs> I know. I know. Are, are there any recent changes or trends in family law, divorce law that people should be aware of in 2023? So there are a lot of uh, trends. It really depends on the state um, that you're in. Are you guys, are you located in what state? I'm 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 here with you. You in Texas? Okay. Hey. So. <laughs> Trends. So I talk about this on my social media platform. A lot of people are not necessarily getting married. A lot of people are getting into what we call the long term relationships, um, which kind of mimics um, a it mimics a marriage because they're they're buying houses together, they're starting businesses together, they're having children together, but they are not getting married. And so one of the trends that we're seeing is either. One, someone is claiming once that relationship ends, one, someone is claiming common law marriage, which people need to be very careful of, because if you're going to be moving in with somebody, it's always my recommendation to get a cohabitation agreement. So it's understood that this is not a marriage. You are not my wife. We just cohabitate together. Um, so they're oh, doing oh. that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Please break this down because this, I think people really need to know this. So you said a cohabitation. That is correct. It's a cohabitation agreement. So basically what you do, you lay out what you have, what is your property, what the other person has, what their property is, uh, what your intentions are. And you make it very clear in contract that we and at no point intend to be married or act like we are married so in the event of a separation or a breakup that person or 
what, what neither of the parties can say that this was a common law marriage because you have a contractual agreement that says we're not doing that. And if we do intend to get married, guess what we're going to do? We're going to get a proper certificate to show that we really have that intent of getting married. So that is a big thing. People don't listen to me, but yes, cohabitation agreements. And funny thing I say that because my one of my exes, we moved in together. Mm-hmm. I was on his health insurance all these things. And so when we broke up, I was like, hmm, I could claim common law marriage, this house that you have and, and, and take 50%, but I ain't going to do you that bad. But yeah, cohabitation agreement. Mm, <laughs> that's good to know. Very mm-hmm. important. So, this is why so the problem, that. yeah, the problem with that, I'm sorry, the problem no, with that is once that relationship ends and you're trying to get um, things in order, maybe you're trying to get your equity out of the business or you're trying to establish, you know, who's going to have the house or try to get your name off of the mortgage. You now have to go to multiple places within the judicial system to get those things resolved. So if you have children, you can go to the family court. But if you have uh, civil issues like uh, business disputes or property disputes, you may have to go to small claims court or like the civil court in order to get your things resolved. And that's going to cost you a lot more money than it would have um, filing everything under one divorce petition. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. I love it. <laughs> there was this question was asked uh, actually from <laughs> one of my coworkers. He said, if you get married in one state, relocate and the marriage doesn't work out, can you get divorced in the same state? Um, so jurisdiction uh, is established based on where you are living, not necessarily where you are married. Mm-hmm. So if you are in Texas and you have been in Texas for the past six months and the past 90 days, uh, you've been presiding in Texas for six months in the county for 90 days, then you can file a divorce within that in the state of Texas, but then within that county. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Well, he's gonna be listening and watching because <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't matter. You can <laughs> you can go get married in Africa, but if you've been in Texas for six months, you can file your divorce in Texas. Mm, okay, okay. Well, I want to have uh, just a little a little fun. I, I, I have this bonus round. <laughs> okay. Kind of get to pick your brain a little bit on some things because I know you're professional and you I know you got it locked, but okay. I'm gonna get to know you a little bit. What? is the biggest mistake that you see women make in relationships? Mm, I think that we, that's a good question. What is the biggest mistake that women make in relationships? I would say trying to be the man. Trying to be the man. Yeah. Can you expound on that, please? I think a lot of times... Um, this generation of women, we have been taught to be very independent. Um, we I speak for, from Black woman's experience. Um, we are the most educated. We're getting degrees at a higher rate. Um, there was a statistic that came out that women own houses way more than Black men. Um, women also are more like are starting businesses, are entrepreneurs at a higher rate than our Black counterparts. So when you take that into equation and, and a woman comes into a situation where she is very much established, I think that sometimes women forget to 
act like lady, if 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 you will. Um, and it's not because she shouldn't. It's just because most men are intimidated or don't know how to handle a woman who has presented herself in that way. Because when you think about it, when we think about the traditional roles of a man, the traditional role of a man was to be a provider. So when you take away provider from a man, now what does he have to offer? has to learn how to be emotionally competent emotion he has to learn emotional intelligence and most men not just black men are having a very hard time with doing that so when i say acting like a man it's just having a more significant role as a provider in a relationship mm-hmm. uh, and, and this one is that's wrong i think that's just what's calling causing a rift let me clarify just in case the people try to come for me let me just i don't think it's wrong i think that's the issue yeah no for sure it's 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 this is what you feel you know maybe what you've seen or you know so yeah there's no wrong answer i do want to ask you since we're here when do you think just from a woman's perspective what can men do to uh to better themselves because it seems like black women are doing so much more advancing, you know, like you said, with the, the degrees and property. Mm-hmm. Or what do you think is holding men back, specifically black men? I think to each his own. For every relationship, things are going to look different. So for me, traditional roles aren't going to work. Right. But there are certain things in me that are traditional. Right. Um I, I, I call myself a hybrid. I like a hybrid type relationship. Okay. So every every person is going to be different. But I think that once men learn how to communicate better and to be more emotionally intelligent, then it will make most relationships better. A lot of times communication rules the nation, right? It is the center of everybody's issue. Other than that, if you can stop cheating, that would be great as well. That would be great. Communicate better and stop cheating. Stop, you know, giving your PP to everybody. <laughs> I love it. No, that's good because I even me and I'm 46, right? So I'm getting old. Uh, so yeah. it's one of those things where you're getting wise. You're getting wise. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I give you a virtual, you know, virtual. <laughs> um, I'm learning to become a better communicator because I'm realizing that whatever my wife says to me, not only should I just listen, but actually repeat back to her what she's saying to me. Mm -hmm. Now I'm hearing it twice. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people are not listening to listen. They're listening to respond. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. When you tell the person, you repeat that, that's a a psychologist. Like, I don't know, psychological thing. Like mm-hmm. when you repeat exactly what I said, then I know that you heard me and women want to be heard, right? We don't have to be right. We just want to be heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm learning. So I hear you. Communication rules the nation. A- so what are you saying? What I heard you say, did I hear this correctly? <laughs> exactly and, and and now i'm hearing it twice because she said it and i'm repeating it back to her so now mentally it's it's in my uh my wheelhouse or whatever you know it's like i can actually grasp onto it um that's good that's really yeah. good there's a book called kudos to you excuse me i say kudos to you that's oh, really good <laughs> i appreciate it i'm out here trying to get better 
that's all we can do every day. For sure. From seeing your parents' relationship, what did it teach you about marriage? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> So I didn't see, my parents were never married, so I never saw that, um, but I was raised by my grandparents who were married. And so one of the things that I saw in them that I would like to see in a future relationship is just the level of commitment. They fought, they argued, they couldn't stand each other for a long time, but neither, we knew that neither, there was never a fear in us that one was going to leave the other. There was never a fear. Um, I don't think you see that often, just, just that commitment and ability to communicate with one another, um, albeit it might not have been always the best ways to communicate, um, but that was definitely a great thing. And I use that all, like with my son, my grandfather was a big communicator. Like he would listen, maybe because he was a little nosy sometimes, but he would definitely listen. And, and that is something that I have to have in, in, in somebody that I date and I look for in people, someone who listen and communicates well. Yeah, that's good. Is it easier to love yourself or someone else? Ooh. I would say that it's easier to love someone else than it is to love yourself. And the reason that I say that is we are so, we are forgiving individuals. We are so forgiving. We will forgive everybody else before we forgive ourselves. We hold ourselves at a higher standard than we, you know, hold anybody else. So if you do something, I don't know, it's, it's something about that mind, that mind will, will make you think that you are the worst person ever or you need to get it together. It's hard to look in that mirror. It's real hard to look in the mirror. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, it can be challenging at times. Uh, how do you feel about that in your personal life? Is it easier to love My yourself? Life? Yeah, is it easier to love yourself or someone else? A lot of therapy and a lot of, you know, working on yourself and self-help books are creating that balance. I do fall into that trap where I will give love freely. Mm. I will just give it freely with, you know, not real expectation, but I will just give it and, and think that, oh, because I love you, you should love me or you will love me or you will love me the same way that I love you. And I will say, you know, that's that's just not it. It's, it takes a lot of therapy. If you think about it, mm. who taught you to love you? When were you taught to love you? We were always taught to love everybody else. Even the Bible, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. But okay, why was the neighbor first? Like, why not love myself as <laughs> I love my neighbor? Like, you know, why, why wasn't it flipped? You know, they teach you how to apologize and forgive other people. But who taught you to forgive yourself? Nobody. You didn't learn that until you was an adult. At least I didn't. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That's good. Most people. Most people. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? I'm 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 gonna shelf this conversation because there's so much, more <laughs> here, and I want to respect your time because there's. I, yeah. Well, I'm available. I'm here. Oh, okay. Ask me. Okay. Well, well, let's kick it. Since since you talked about loving yourself, because that's a great question. We really we rarely get that affirmation from family and stuff like that so what do you feel like because you have a son right i do mm -hmm. yeah because I, I seen the instagram i saw y'all hanging out and i was like oh that's what's up <laughs> so so what are some tools that maybe you are giving him as a young man 
to help him love himself or to be, you know, what you projecting for him in his future? Like what are maybe some things that you're doing for him? Maybe you can help some other parents out here. Yeah. So first and foremost, it's very hard raising a teenage boy by yourself. So don't let Instagram fool you. Me and my son, we have our days. Okay. Um, But one of the things that I hope that I'm teaching him is to, you know, self-reflection, thinking about the things that he's done and how he can respond better to certain situations, affirmations, like who do you want to be there? You know, when, when you are going out into this world, what do you want to be to other people and affirm yourself, you know, show gratitude, list out the things that you like about yourself and things of that nature. So um, affirmations, self-reflection and journaling, um, that is, those are some things that I teach myself. Mm-hmm. That's awesome because I have three little boys and uh, my, my eight-year-old, he loves the journal and I'm just like, don't lose that, you know, make sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a scary thing. I have so many journals. Like I'm, I'm just like, if I pass away, somebody's gonna be very upset about some of the things they read in this. I'm almost like, I want to put it in the front of all of my journals. Journals, please do not take this personally. If you ever read this, these are just my. This is just my way to process. I didn't necessarily mean it, or maybe I did. <laughs> yeah, make sure you put that out there because you know. Yeah, don't take it personal. <laughs> And that's another thing that I, I, I've i tried to teach my son, like processing feelings and emotions, right? I know one, uh, not too long ago, my son made a comment. He said, oh, when you were angry, you said that and you meant that. And I was like, well, let's think about that. Have you ever said something in your frustrations that you did not mean, right? Yeah. Did you mean it? No. So I think we have to show grace again, showing that forgiveness to other people um, that, if someone's saying something to you, it's not necessarily what they're saying all the time. You know, when you're processing big emotions, um, it's hard to really communicate how you really feel. What seems like I hate you is really like I love you and I really need more of you right now. Yeah. And that's that that's that whole communication piece, right? <laughs> communication. Processing. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's good because, you know, you're raising a young man and teaching him those communication skills. So, you know, maybe one day he watch this video and be like, yeah, mom was awesome. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you, you you spoke about uh, therapy. Um, mm-hmm. How, what do you feel like the state of therapy is today? Is it more like a buzzword or do you think people are actually doing the work or is it just kind of like, I have a therapist I don't. I don't think it's a buzzword. For so long, African-Americans were not going to therapy. Um, And so for a Black person to acknowledge, hey, I go to therapy, I think that is a good first start. Um, I can't tell you if people are doing the work or not, because every journey is different. Everybody's therapy experience is different. And just because they're going to therapy doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to the right therapist. So you asked the question earlier, how do you, you know, what are some questions or things you need to look for when hiring a divorce attorney? There are also things that you need to look for in the therapist, because this is a relationship. Just like you're finding a spouse, certain things that you wouldn't accept in a spouse are, are things that you shouldn't accept in a therapist or in a divorce attorney. And so doing the work to me is, is a question I can't a- answer for other people, but I think it's so 
good and important that we are going to therapy. I am in therapy. I love therapy. I send my son to therapy. All of my clients, when they come to me, I'm giving them recommendations for therapists because it is so important. I think a therapist is almost equivalent to, or if not more important than having a primary physician that you go to and check in. Like we need, there's so many things going on personal lives and our worlds at, at, at our job, we need to be able to kind of process a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree because um, I'm starting with a new uh, therapist, individual therapist, because my wife and I, we have a marriage therapist together and then Good. individual therapist. I recommend that too. Yeah. And don't start doing it when there's problems. Thank Do it you. Just keep it as a thing, like from the beginning, start with premarital counseling and then just marriage counseling. Um, a therapist, I don't know. I don't know if I should say that, but a therapist ahead, told me, <laughs> I don't know if I should say that, but a therapist once told me, if you're coming to see me when there's issues, it's already too late. I agree. Because you that foundation is cracked, right? Not to say that it can't be rebuilt, but it's, you know, now you got to start over. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. You know, it's just like an oil change, right? You, you know, you don't wait until you run out of oil. You know, you just get your oil change when it's that time. Yeah. Uh, that maintenance. What is the best piece of advice your therapist gave you? Oh, so I don't know if it was advice, but it was something that I didn't know about myself, um, which is I didn't know like how I felt for a very long time. It's almost sad. But I was 32 years old before I could really express how I really felt. And so my therapist gave me this wheel of emotions. And like in the center of this wheel, there's like four emotions that we we use, but it's not necessarily how we feel. It's a a branch of something else, right? Mm -hmm. And so she taught me how to express my feelings, like my true feelings. Like I would be so frustrated for something and I would just say, I'm so frustrated. But Mm -hmm. like, are you frustrated or are you sad? Are you frustrated? Are you, you know, confused? Are you jealous? Like all of those different things. And so that's something that she taught me. And I was, I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's it's a reality. No one taught me like how to express myself and my feelings. Mm -hmm. No, that's real because- even even the the book that I journaled in, I have like this kind of little co-pilot, you know, that goes with my journal or whatever. And they always ask every morning, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of little questions and stuff like that. So I think even then you talked about communication, expressing how you feel, because mad is such a, one big emotion. Right. And I'm learning even to use better verbiage with my wife, because even when we're talking, I'm like, you know, okay, I feel vulnerable right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, and it, 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 she hears different when mm-hmm. I use different terms instead yeah. of just, I'm pissed off. It's like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before, you know? Yeah. So. But think about it, you know, I, you know, not to say again, this is everybody. Mm-hmm. I can only speak for me, but think about it. When you, you just said something very important, how do you feel? Like when you ask most people, how do you feel? What's the first thing that they say? Oh, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm good. 
But when you go deeper into that, most people, or from at least my experience, they don't really know how to express truly what they're going through. They will tell you a whole story about what's going on, but they won't tell you how they feel about it. Mm. You, you, you're pulling, you're assuming that you know how they feel about it because they've told you the story and you can relate maybe to that story, but no one is really truly saying how they feel about things. Mm. That You know, I never thought about that. That's true. That's true. They'll tell you this whole story, but never, never tell you how they feel. Because mm-hmm. I heard a, a pastor and I, I'm trying to make sure I implement this with my kids. I heard a pastor say that when he talked to his son, he touches him on his chest and say, what's going on here? Mm. You know, what's going on here? Now the conversation changes because it's just like, oh, I'm OK. No, no. What's here? Mm-hmm. Because what you say and, and what's in here can be. can come totally. up. Yeah. Right. So I was like, man, I need to start doing that more often with my kids. You know? <laughs> they get on my nerves sometimes. So like, Listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Brenda, are, give us your best piece of advice for someone who's listening, someone who might be contemplating divorce. Um, I was married for 15 years. I've been through a divorce and Lord knows. Um, so what kind of advice can you give to that person that's contemplating? They they just don't know yeah. what to do. So I'll give the advice that I give to everyone who comes into my office that is seeking a divorce. I always say, listen, If any piece of you wants to work it out, try to work it out. If you can go to therapy, if you can work through your issues, try to work through your issues, but also know when enough is enough. You know, I am a divorce attorney. I'm going to be here for forever, hopefully. But at the end of the day, no one gets married expecting divorce. No one marries and say, oh, yeah, I'll do this for about five years and then, you know, we'll be done. People need to understand that it is okay to walk away from a situation that no longer serves you. You will have a new life. You will have a new beginning. It is all about getting through it, right? Once you get through it, you'll come out on the other side. Everything will be okay. So just know when it's when it's time to fight and when it's time to say enough is enough. Always, always choose your peace over anything else because if you don't have peace, and I'm talking about peace in your heart and in your mind, if you don't, if those things are not in peace, you cannot be anything for anybody. You're just on a on a wheel of of unhappiness. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Cause just listen to you talk and then thinking about me going through that whole process. I'm like, yeah, your pieces. So I say, you know what? You I'll pay the child support. I'll pay the alimony. You just I just need my peace. <laughs> listen, there is not a dollar amount worth worth peace at all. I've had in my office like, listen, whatever she wants. It usually it's a man, whatever she wants. <laughs> I, I just want to be done like get me divorced tomorrow like i'm done oh my god well oh my god and then for my women out there who are going to divorce um Mm -hmm. people ask me all the time who who is it easier who's easier to represent is it men or is it women and 100 percent men all day The reason being is men for the most part are more logical 
they're more logical in their thinking and decision making. So I could say, hey, client, A plus B equals C. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. With my women clients, they're more emotional. And so I really have to be a counselor at law. And I'll say, A, A, A yes, A did this, but then we're going to add B. And yes, B ain't all that good. I understand it. Mm-hmm. A and B, they both messed up. But now we have C. I know you don't like C. I know you don't like C. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's that type of uh, consult- consulting, right? And so... For my women out there, when we talk about advice, I think that it is so important to have a therapist when you are going through a divorce. If you're thinking about it or you're going through a divorce, make sure you have a therapist because the worst thing that you can do in your divorce is make emotional decisions. You always want to make a logical decision because that is usually the best decision for you and for your assets and for your children moving forward. Making emotional decisions, emotional decisions, sorry, will prolong your divorce more than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And you cannot use your attorney as your therapist. My billable hour is 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 very high compared to one hour with a therapist. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. That's great advice. Yeah. Emotional decisions. Oh my God. Yeah, because I hear people, they, I just want a divorce. And I was just like, just don't throw it around, okay? You're just throwing it around. Every time I get into an argument, you're talking about you're ready for a divorce. I'm like. That's the worst thing that you can do. Like, if I was in a relationship and someone was using the D word, like, it was nobody's business, that's so, that's that's toxic. It is. That's toxic. Mm-hmm. And and I say all the time, when you get ready to file for divorce, ain't no takesy-backsies. Ain't no all you know, I was just playing. I just wanted to scare this person. Once you open that box up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And people are well. They say the divorce. It's been said that the divorce rates are going down because fewer people are getting married. But we still got married people. So I come make the divorce rate go down. So long as we have married people. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you because I, I I did it again. I remarried. I said, you know what? Yeah, I said I'm I'm gonna do this again. I met my wife on Instagram and nice. married. So yeah. Did so. you have any fears for like getting remarried? Like, did you have any fears going back into it? Yeah, that's why I, I named it "Scary to Remarry." You know? Yeah. You just I was just real quick. I was when I first married. I was 24. Mm-hmm. So here it is. I got divorced at 40. And mm-hmm. to be faithful and committed to one woman for that amount of years. And now you got social media. You got, I mean, when I got married, it was like Facebook was in its infancy. Right. I got divorced. It's like TikTok and, and Instagram. And, and I'm just like, oh my God, what is going on out here? So mm-hmm. it was some some almost overwhelming to a degree. Um right. But I know I didn't, I, I just knew I wasn't done yet. I, I learned so much from my marriage that mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to get this right this time because I yeah. took responsibility for my actions. I Like I knew where I sucked. Like mm-hmm. talk about communication. I was horrible. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I stonewalled. I would shut you down. I won't talk to you for days. Like I was. Oh no. You was toxic. I was bad. 
<laughs> yeah, I was bad. Like, yeah, I would shut you down. Like, nobody's business. Uh, but then I realized going to therapy, you know, I, stuff I needed to deal with. Um, yeah. So this time around, I'm like, nah, I'm a lot better. We're going we gonna, we gonna to talk this out this time. So, And that's good. So people like you, like people who have been married for a substantial amount of time, usually they don't stay single long. They usually do get back into marriages because they're that's like they're used to that type of uh, environment. They're used to that type of dynamic with a woman like they they multiple women like why like you know exactly <laughs> um, yeah so so yeah that's very good that's very good to hear that you were able to get remarried and you worked on yourself I think that's the most important thing like no one is perfect everyone has flaws and if you do get into a situation just try to work on the things that you can work on because I think a lot of people aren't even aware of their traumas. Oh, no, they will never or they won't take accountability of where the relationship went wrong. They're like, oh, it was totally her fault. Well, let's let's dissect that. Let's really think about whose fault it is. Right. Yeah. That's why I get so frustrated. Texas is an at fault state. Right. Mm-hmm. You you know, you can file for divorce for several reasons. Most of them, like most common are adultery and cruel treatment. But when we think about it. Is that the reason for the divorce? Like, you know, because we can all point fingers at who who's at fault for this thing. Right. Yeah, yeah there can be a lot of that. I mean, we talk, you know, you can talk about money, right? Mm-hmm. Money, money can be an issue because they say money is the number one issue. Yeah. In my office, cheating is the number one issue. Everybody really? in my office damn near got a cheating <laughs> now let me ask you this because because <laughs> we kicking it do you have more people that is it more of like social media cheating or is it more of in person what do you find a, so, what is social media cheating like cheating like you went and had sex with this person like no not emotional cheating i think most women can recover from emotional cheating it's the yeah uh, you went out and physically had sex with this person cheating mm-hmm. and you were sneaking and geeking that's what we call it sneaking and geeking <laughs> <laughs> well let me ask you this so do you so are you saying that because from what i've i've heard from a lot of women is they can deal with the physical cheating they can't deal with the emotional cheating what are your thoughts mm-hmm. so how do you feel about that so i've heard that so i've heard that in a sense where it's like, okay, when a man cheats, it's just physical, right? So you shouldn't take it as seriously because there is no emotional connection. But when, and that's why women can forgive men a lot easier because they understand that there is no emotional connection. He's just having sex. If we want to go deep into it, I, I believe that that is not natural process of order. Like that's just going to happen, right? But with women, when women cheat, put a pen in it, but when women cheat, okay, okay. it is emotional. Like, I like you. I want you. Like, I, there is something here more than physical attraction. Like, And that's why men are unable to accept it when women cheat because they know it's more to it than just sex. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, that's what they say. So, so let me ask you this real quick. So, so do you believe that men will eventually cheat? 
I believe this. I believe that it is not natural for any person, man or woman, to be monogamous. I say this all the time. I do not believe that that is natural. Like naturally, our instinct is to just not is to be with one person. I will say that when you are monogamous with somebody, I believe that that is a spiritual thing. You are so connected with God that you are going against the natural process of order that you have decided and committed to God first that you are going to be committed to this person. And that's what I believe marriage is. And that's why I believe that a lot of marriages are not working is because God is not the center of those relationships. Um, Not to say that they weren't once before, but I believe monogamy is a spiritual thing. I don't believe it's a natural thing. That's good. I, I I feel that because when people ask me about my divorce, the first thing they ask is, "Do you cheat?" The first question people ask. I'm like, why? Why is it that? I like I was with this woman for fifteen years. I didn't cheat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's the first thing that people assume. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just like, dang, is it really that bad out here? It's bad. Listen, <laughs> kiss your wife and hug her tight because these streets. <laughs> listen. <laughs> You don't want to be out here. I will tell you that. I think every woman, I think Tiamari was saying, like, listen, it's ghetto out here. It's bad. Mm. So do, do you see yourself getting married? Ooh. It's not a, I would never say never. Okay. In the state of now, right. I don't see it. At one point, I desired it, but you start doing the work that I do and you start seeing the stuff that I see. It's just like, what is the purpose? I want a, a Gail, I mean, Gail Oprah and Stedman type situation. I don't need to be married. Yeah. Like, if you can give me someone who can commit and be all about me, that's all I need. I don't need the marriage. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, because yeah, because you probably heard it all. What? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I, I'm the wrong person to ask about. Do like no, right now it's absolutely not. But do I like wish maybe later on down the line maybe I'll change my mind? I hope so. I yeah. really do. Yeah. But right now it's bad out here. I'm not trying to be put in that position. Mm. I, I would have to have a prenup. Talk about emotional. I would be a hundred percent emotional. Hundred percent. Fuck him. Let's take his ass off if he were. <laughs> oh, and he cheated. Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no. So. And that's why I say whoever marries me, you want, I'm telling you, you want a prenup. <laughs> you, you, you want, you want a prenup. Well, yeah. well, Bravehearts community, you heard it here first. Brenda <laughs> said, <laughs> this is an exclusive. So, uh, to anybody in the comments that's probably gonna try to holler, just know she. Listen, put it yeah, out. I, yeah, you cheat on me. Listen, listen, I got a whole file on the last person who cheated on me. It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exhibits, exhibits, and all. So on this day, this is where you was at, huh? That's the worst thing you could do is cheat on a family and divorce attorney. You know that? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> just just be committed. Just stay faithful. Yeah. That... My thing is, why do like you don't have to get in committed relationships, mm-hmm. whether that's like in a long term relationship or in a marriage type situation, you do not have to do it. 
especially if you know that you're a cheater, you know that you're not going to be faithful, you know that you're not going to give the marriage 100%. Why do it? We have, uh, what is it, polyamory now? We have so many women who are willing to be mistresses and who are willing to be in situations where, you know, they don't, you don't have to be faithful to them. Mm -hmm. So why get in a situation with a woman who you know wants that commitment and you can't give it to her? Ooh, that's the Instagram reel. I'm gonna use that one. <laughs> that's the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? They're gonna put this at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Damn, like, I thought she was an attorney. Um, yep. Brenda, let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. Yes. So you can follow me on all social media platforms at Brenda's My Lawyer. That's B R E N D A S M Y L A W Y E R. Um, if you are in need of a family and divorce attorney, you can go to any of my social platforms and click the link in the bio, or you can go to DuranLawFirm.com. That's D E R O U E N L A W F I R M.com. Or contact our office at 832-328-0791. You heard it here, Bravehearts community. So you have the best right here. Oh, and real quick, can you tell us about the book? We didn't get to talk about the book. Yeah, tell us so about This the- is my book. Uh, I wrote a book called I'm a Lawyer. Um, I wrote this during the pandemic um, for my little cousin, um, she wanted to know what I, she, she said that she wanted to be a lawyer and she asked for me to explain to her what it is that I did. Um, when I was younger, when I thought about lawyer, the only type of lawyer that I could think of was a criminal defense attorney. That was the only thing that I saw. That was the only thing that I knew. Um, and like I mentioned earlier on the show, like, listen, there are so many different types of lawyers for different things. And so the purpose of this book was to, one, explain what a lawyer is and what a lawyer does, but also to highlight minority women in law, um, like so, uh, Justice Sotomayor, uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, all the different women of color are in this book so that women who look like me and children who look like me can see themselves in the book. So I'm a lawyer. It's available on all major platforms, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, everywhere that you can buy a book. For sure. But yeah, Brave Hearts community, make sure you go pick that book up. I'll have that in the description below as well. So yeah. if people want to purchase, make sure that they go pick that up. Thank you. Thank you. Because so I've been forgetting about my little book. I just be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I had it in my notes and we started kicking it. And then I, I just, I had it in my notes. I'm like, Sean, what are you doing? This uh, was good. This is probably one of the uh, best podcasts that I've been been on, you know, with good, honest conversation. So thanks for having me. Oh, I know for sure. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to be a guest. Brave Arts community, make sure you go connect with Brenda. All the information will be in the description below. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you are watching this via YouTube because you never know what someone is going through. If you are listening to this via podcast, make sure you leave a rating and review. By doing so, it puts you in a drawing for a free Amazon gift card. We had a free gift card uh, giveaway a couple weeks ago. So, you know, your name can come up if you're in the chat and then you know, get you a free Amazon gift card. Who doesn't like free things? This is Sean Heineman with special guest. Brenda Duran. Bye. <laughs> All right, Brave Hearts <laughs> community. Take care. 
Hey, thanks again for watching another segment of A Scary to Remarry. I have so much more amazing content and some phenomenal guests as well. People who've been through a divorce, people who remarried, people who desire to marry. So much great content. So make sure that you hit one of these videos. It's somewhere around here. But anyway, go watch another video. Thank you.